you know, today I get the opportunity to be here, and I would normally preach something a little bit more Christmas-themed at this time of year, but I felt particularly drawn to a particular message today that I'm going to share with you, and I pray that God speaks to our hearts through his word at this time. Do you know, in a world of heartache and sin and sickness and pain and shame and guilt and strife and free will, To what extent is God in control? Can we really believe that he is in control? With wars in Ukraine and around the world, with bad health diagnosis, depression and anxiety, global pandemics, murders, poverty, abuse of all kinds, hurt and pain, to what extent can we really believe that God is in control? control. I preached a message around this time last year in this church, and I mentioned this theme in that from the Bible of the sovereignty of God, the belief and understanding that no matter what is going on, that God is in control, that he does as he pleases, that not a single thing happens outside of his watch. And if we truly search our own hearts, we will all find places where we don't really believe this. If we truly search our own lives, there's always those areas where we're not really sure that we believe that. Many of you will have really good reasons for that. The stories of hurt and pain and disappointment and grief and loss have felt unbearable at times, with, of course, even Christians finding themselves asking the question, where is God in all of this? And I want to suggest to us today that from the authority of his word, that he was there, that he is in control even still. And it can be hard for us, however, can't it, to put those two things together. When my granny, my dad's mum, who was the biggest personality in our family and held the glue that held a lot of it together, passed away at 58 in 1996 from cancer, my family were faced with the question, where is God in all of this? And my dad never bounced back from that. There had been a, they'd been draining a cyst over and over again and they'd missed a tumor that was behind and near her kidney and it was too late. Where was God when my granny, my mom's mom, fell off a boat at a party and drowned in the water before she was 50 on the same week that my mom found out she was pregnant with me? Or when my auntie, my mom's sister, passed away from cancer at 29 and nine months later her husband died and left a 10-year-old boy who came to live with us? Where was God in that? These stories are raw and emotional and real and you have them in your lives too. We have spent the last six years of our lives inviting children into our home with their own life stories and they will pay the cost of things that have happened in their families for many years to come. Where is God in the difficult moments of our lives and journeys and stories? And yet I am fully convinced from his word and from experience that he is right there and he is in control. I am fully convinced that we are safe in the sovereignty of God. I don't mean physically safe as we journey through this world. I mean ultimately safe in the arms of our Father. We are safe in the sovereignty of God. 
And I am also fully aware that I have a lot of catching up to do when it comes to truly believing that, understanding that, and living that out in my life. We're going to turn to Matthew chapter 6 today, and we're going to look at verses 19 to 34, and this is what it says. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, since either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry saying, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, and yet your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So Jesus' encouragement in these words from the beginning of his earthly ministry is this. Don't store up treasure here on earth. Don't put your security in the things of this world, in the currency of this world, but in the currency of heaven. Well, we can see why, can't we, at the minute in 2022? This earthly treasure is very unpredictable. So where is our security? It's in God, isn't it? the one who is really in control despite what we see and what is happening all around us. Don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Well, easier said than done, right? But what is the solution? To convince myself, don't worry, Craig, don't worry, Craig, don't worry, Craig. Surely that makes me worry more most of the time. No, the solution is in what Jesus goes on to say. Consider the birds of the sky. Just take a moment and do that. Consider the birds of the sky. They don't store away their food, but God still feeds them. So where is the bird security? In God. Who do the birds rely on? God, the one who is really in control. Next, observe the wildflowers of the feed. They cannot labor or spin thread. Verse 30, if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you? You have little 
faith, so don't worry saying what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear, but how we seek first, don't we, the kingdom of the one who is in control. Seek first the kingdom of the one who is our security. So much of our lives can be caught up in the worries about things that we're not actually in control of. Really what we need, isn't it, is a greater understanding of the one who is in control. A greater reliance on the one who is in control. A greater understanding that we are safe in the sovereignty of God. I'm sorry for the things that so many of you have been through. Some of you throughout your entire lives. Life on this earth can be so cruel at times. And it could be more cruel to some than it is to others. But so many of those things can be out of our control, can't they? And what will help us, I believe, is to see in the pages of Scripture God's sovereignty, that we are safe in the sovereignty of God. A couple of quick points today, and the first one is this. We are to be in awe of God's sovereignty, not just to accept it, not just to try to understand it, but to be in awe of his sovereignty. Isaiah 40 and verse 12 says this who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand or marked off the heavens with the span of his hand, who has gathered the dust of the earth in a measure or weighed the mountains on a balance and the hills on the scales. I couldn't even tell you how many shirts I have in my wardrobe or how many pans are in the drawer, but God has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, gathered the dust of the earth in a measure why? Why does that matter? Weigh the mountains on a balance and the hills on the scales. God counts things that we didn't even know could be counted. He is in control. He is aware of details that we didn't even know existed. He's aware of details in your life and mine that we couldn't even begin to measure ourselves. He is in control. Psalm 2 and verses 1 to 4 says this from the New Living Translation. Why are the nations so angry? We're aware of that at this time, aren't we? Why do they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from slavery to God. But verse 4, but the one who rules in heaven laughs. What makes God laugh? The one who rules in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Someday we will understand just how in control God really is of world events that are taking place all across this globe at this time. But until then, we just have to go on a journey, don't we? In our own heads and our own hearts. Do you echo these words in your head and your heart from Psalm 2 when you switch on the news in the mornings? Or do you feel yourself worrying and overwhelmed at what is happening in the world at this time? Psalm 2 says, kings prepare for battle, the rulers plot together, but the one who rules in heaven laughs. He scoffs at them. I've met so many Christians too over the years that are terrified at the thought of the second coming. They're terrified at the thought of every conspiracy theory going, and yet the one who rules in heaven laughs. That's what he thinks. That's his perspective. I am in awe of my God. 
I am in awe of his sovereignty and the fact that he is truly in control. I am very convinced that he wins and that I am on the winning side. God is in control. Job 37 and verses 11 to 16. He saturates clouds with moisture. He gathers his lightning through them. They swirl about, turning round and round at his direction, accomplishing everything he commands them over the surface of the inhabited world. He causes this to happen for punishment for his land or for his faithful love. Listen to this, Job. Stop and consider God's wonders. Do you know how God directs his clouds or makes their lightning flash? Do you understand how the clouds float? Those wonderful works of him who has perfect knowledge. Look at these statements about God from the book of Job. He saturates the clouds with moisture. He scatters his lightning through them. They swirl about, turning round and round at his direction, accomplishing everything he commands them. He causes this to happen. I meet Christians regularly too that are terrified at the thought of climate change and what's happening in the world with the weather. And yet I am convinced on the authority of God's word that he is the one in control of the weather. I'm not suggesting for a second that we ignore our responsibilities and our stewardship of the planet that he has given us. But I am suggesting that those things are not outside of his control. God is sovereign and I am safe in his sovereignty. I understand from Joshua chapter 10 that the sun stood still at his command or from Mark 4 that he rebuked the wind and the waves. God is truly in control, I believe, way more than we understand or fully comprehend. Daniel 4 and verses 34 to 35. But at the end of those days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, looked up to heaven and my sanity returned to me. Then I praised the Most High and honored and glorified him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are counted as nothing and he does what he wants with the army of heaven and the inhabitants of the earth. There is no one who can block his hand or say to him, what have you done? From the book of Daniel chapter 4. We know that God does what he wants with the army of heaven and the inhabitants of the earth. There is no one who can block his hand or say to him, what have you done? We see God's sovereignty in the Christmas story also. God's sovereign plan involved getting different people from several places to a little village in the middle of nowhere called Bethlehem. He gave the wise men a star. He gave the shepherds an angel and then a whole crowd of angels. He organized a census through Caesar Augustus at just the right time to get Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem. He organized some accommodation that involved a manger, not the perfect accommodation, but part of God's sovereign plan. Some of this plan was to give Jesus a family on earth who would look after him and raise him, but not just any family, but a family that was linked to the story of God throughout all of history. God is sovereign. He is in control. Look at how his sovereignty has worked in the birth of our Savior And what do we read of Jesus in Colossians 1 and verses 16 to 17? For 
everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and by him all things hold together. All things created through him and for him, before all things and by him, all things hold together. Does this sound to you like a God who is not in control? That things are just roaming around crazy and he's, our God is sovereign. We are to be in awe of his sovereignty. We are to be in awe of how much that he is in control. We are to be in awe of his rule and his reign that he rules over the world, the people, the nations, the weather, that he looks after the birds and the lilies and the people. The world leaders don't intimidate him, but the one in heaven laughs. We're to be in awe that he does as he pleases and that by him all things hold together. He is sovereign. Secondly, today, I am learning more and more about his sovereignty. Reconciling these things can be so difficult for the people of God and I understand why. For some reason, either our own worldly thinking at times or sometimes even what we've heard about God at times, maybe through the church or maybe through the internet or TV or whatever, we have this idea, don't we, that God would only allow good things to happen. So God could be viewed as some sort of magic fairy, maybe in heaven, that if we're good enough and we pray hard enough and we somehow all of this will disappear. And he is absolutely in the process of making everything perfect. And someday we will go, won't we, to be with him to a place where there is no more suffering and no more tears and no more pain. But on this earth, whatever days we have, we I believe we're to be in a posture of learning more and more about his sovereignty. And we've got to take that from scripture and not from our own heads or our own hearts. What am I saying? Understanding the sovereignty of God is a journey for all of us. We should understand this and learn more and more as we go through this life. We've got to wrestle with some difficult scriptures and concepts and take the time to do that in order to understand more. A verse like 1 Peter 4 and verse 19 says this, so then let those who suffer according to God's will entrust themselves to a faithful creator while doing what is good. Let those who suffer according to God's will Entrust themselves to a faithful creator while doing what is good. These things need wrestled with, don't they? Meditated on, worked through. They're not just Sunday school questions for the kids. Who built Noah's Ark? Noah, well done, Patrick. According to whose will will those who suffer entrust themselves to a faithful creator? I don't have all the answers. I don't know why there's so much suffering at times. I don't know why some of you have to go through what you do, but this I know, we can trust in a God who is in control of it all. And this I know, someday all of it will make sense. And this I know, I am on a journey to understanding more and more of God's sovereignty. Can I encourage you to do the same? Can I ask you today, are you on that journey too? Thirdly and lastly, I am safe 
in the sovereignty of God. One of the most helpful things I can say that I've ever learned about God is this truth, that I am safe in his sovereignty. It helps me figure some stuff in life out. And at the very least, it helps me to rest in the fullness of who he is. Some Christians believe that God is not in control of the bad things, that in some way the enemy is winning and things are out of control. That's a much more terrifying thought to me than that God is in control of everything that's taking place. It's so destructive to think that. Why? Because it's not true. We can think that the enemy is winning. We can think that we see the enemy in every corner instead of God and it leaves us fearful and worried and all of those things rather than trusting and leaning on a sovereign, holy, incredible God. Here's the truth for a follower of Jesus today, if that's you in this place. If I live or die, I am safe in the sovereignty of God. If I suffer or if I am not suffering, I am safe in the sovereignty of God. If the global economy falls apart and the euro is worthless, I am safe in the sovereignty of God. If World War III happens, I am safe in the sovereignty of God. Why is this so important for us to understand? Imagine if the opposite was true. Imagine if he wasn't in control. Imagine if we couldn't fall back on this. What some Christians actually believe about the sovereignty of God can be terrifying. Deep down they believe that God is not really in control. Well, what are the implications of that thought? My greatest security in life is found in God and who he is and in his sovereignty. That the things that are happening to me and the people I care about are not outside of his control, but we are safe in the sovereignty of God. I'm sorry for the things that you've gone through, for what that has meant for your life, that what that has meant for your head at times, for what that has meant for your heart. But if I had any comfort today, anything that would help you, it's this truth, that God is sovereign and I am safe in his sovereignty. And sometimes we need to come back to simple truths, don't we? That we teach our kids. I was thinking about the best way to sort of wrap some of this up in some way and you'll have to forgive me, but I'm gonna sing a little bit. He's got the whole world in his hands 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 he's got you and me brother in his hands he's got you and me brother In his hands, he's got you and me, sister. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got Monaghan Elam. In his hands, he's got Monaghan Elam. In his hands, he's got Monaghan Elam. In his hands whole world in his he does he does I believe it I believe
believe it. He is sovereign. And he has us in his hands. And if you're a regular here, I will not be back next week to sing, so feel free to return. But I do believe this truth. Romans 8 and verse 28. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Again, a verse that tries to get worked out and thrown about, and I get it. It doesn't always make sense, does it? If we're true to ourselves, it doesn't always look good to me. But I have to trust that ultimately he is working things out for my good. That even when I don't understand, I trust him. I am in awe of his sovereignty. I'm learning more and more about it. And ultimately as a believer, I am safe in the sovereignty of God. This Christmas, when I think about the difficult parts of the Christmas story, when Herod ordered the killing of all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, when Joseph wanted to break off the engagement, when there was no room at the inn, I'm reminded that God works out his sovereign plan in and through the difficult parts of life and the beautiful parts of life. And I can trust him in and through it all. And someday, it will all make sense when you and I spend eternity together forever with him. I always joke with people, you're stuck with me (laughs) forever (laughs) because we'll be there together forever, but with him. As you experience the Christmas season this year and are reminded about the story of Jesus' birth, I pray that you're also reminded that God is sovereign and the safety that that brings despite what life throws at us or will throw at us in 2023. God is in control. Let's stand together as I pray for us. Father God, we thank you for this truth. Reminded of this at Christmas time as well. That you work in and through all of these things. That you're in control. Father God, as we consider what 2022 has brought in terms of global events, in terms of the issues of the world, in terms of all the things that are going on, as we consider what 2022 has brought for each person in this room individually, God, we say today that we need you. We need to be able to rely on you. We need to be able to trust in you. So God, I pray that this truth that you are sovereign and you're in control would be more real to us than ever before. That God, we would know that we can trust in you at times through tears, at times through pain, at times through gritted teeth, whatever it might be. But God, I pray that this truth would be so real to us. You are looking after us. You are taking care of us. And as the world and its systems and everything else might crumble or fall apart around us, God, might we know that we know that we know that you can be trusted, that you can be looked to at that time, knowing that our help comes from you. 
for every person in this place today, God, that is struggling, that is having a difficult time. God, I pray that as they look to you, that you will meet them in that moment, that they will be able to see you, God, that they will be able to grab on to all that you are offering them. We praise you today. We honor you. And God, we want to say today that we are in awe of your sovereignty. We want to understand just a little bit more about how big that you really are, how in control that you really are, how aware of all the details that you really are, and that we can trust you in the midst of that. Help us, we pray, in Jesus' name, for your glory. Amen.